morning, gentlemen. This week's Bloomberg Business Week says the world's empty office buildings have become a debt time bomb. In the U.S. alone, about $1.4 trillion of commercial real estate loans are due this year and next, according to the Mortgage Bankers Association. And when that deadline arrives, owners may prefer to default instead of borrowing to pay the bill. Even Elon Musk refused to pay Goldman Sachs the rent on Twitter's building. In the first quarter, the value of Goldman's loans to commercial real estate borrowers behind on their repayments climbed 612% in the first quarter to $840 million. That's much tighter, that's much higher than the 30% rise in delinquent real estate loans to $12 billion, as reported by the entire U.S. banking industry. Other large institutional owners, such as Blackstone, Brookfield, and PIMCO, have chosen to stop payments because they have a better use for their cash and resources. So the question is, how should people prepare for this debt bomb hitting the economy and the stock market? This has been heavily uh, scrutinized right over the past few years now. Uh, a lot of concerns lie in there. Uh, you got to remember, banks right now are facing a real revenue issue, right? They're paying largely out on deposits and not making as many new loans because they are cautious of this and, and worried about this. Uh, the other thing that I would think about is that, you know, as real estate markets reinvent themselves, right, whether, it, you know, and again, these markets are very geographic specific. So you're looking at the major problems in the major markets, New York, San Francisco. I mean, those are probably the worst of the worst. And so, you know, how will these markets reinvent themselves? You know, in New York City, are they turning some commercial uh, into residential? Absolutely. Um, you know, how long will that go on? How much can that be done? We'll see. I, I think that you know, in another year, uh, this uh, remote work uh, phenomenon will probably be largely by the wayside. You know, some companies still may do it, um, but it's not going to be back to the way that it was, right? So we know there's going to be these large vacancies, which are going to, you know, have provide bankruptcies as well. Look at the way some of the commercial real estate investment trusts are trading. Uh, you know, maybe they bounced off the bottom lows, but there is some real pain uh, in that sector, and it's probably still too early to buy there. So, you know, what's going to happen? You're going to have defaults. You're going to have bankruptcies. Um, you know, will that space be used and converted over to residential and other uses? Yeah, I would think so. And those are still valuable properties, uh, you know, depending on which companies own them. Actually, there might be even more value extracted long term by co converting some of those places over uh, to residential. Don't forget, they still have those tangible properties uh, in those iconic markets that still have, you know, uh, a lot of people. Uh, and, and there still is a, a huge demand in this country for housing uh, that's largely going unfulfilled. So, you know, that that's the thing about real estate, right? You got to reinvent yourself. And, um, you know, those are the markets that I would think would see that. How do higher rates come in? Well, how much higher do they go and for how much longer do they go, right? If rates back off um, at some point, you know, uh, I think that you're not in an ultra high rate environment where these buildings don't make sense. I mean, some of the cap rates were in the eight to tens, which were great. So, yeah, the owners aren't going to make as much as they were counting on. Uh, but if they're locked in at four, right, they're still making a, a decent return on investment. So uh, still to be seen. Again, this is a known known markets kind of, you know, price this in. It's the unknown unknowns that they don't in the black swans. Um, but right now, uh, I don't see that happening and really taking down uh, the system to a degree. 
Yeah, I kind of agree. Uh, it, it's very much a, a known idea where a lot of these commercial real estate companies are going to have to finance debt at an obviously a higher level. But you know these these buildings just aren't going to go vacant and sit there. I think that people are kind of portraying that type of mindset. Uh, about the future where there's just going to be these empty buildings sitting there. They're going to be refurbished and restructured into something else. It's going to be another entity. Um, somebody just kind of has to be that sort of unlock the key in terms of what these buildings are going to turn into throughout the course of time. And my only concern is that we've, we've mentioned this before, real estate investment trusts by nature don't hold a lot of cash on their balance sheet. So they usually have to utilize debt in order to restructure or um reframe some of these buildings out. It's, it takes a lot of construction because real estate investment trusts by nature have to pass through 85 to 90% of their income back to their shareholders to be defined as a REIT. So there's not a lot of capital for the companies to do it. So they have to utilize debt in order to make this happen. And that just kind of snowballs the entire entity. Okay. Um, next question. According to the S&P Purchase Managers Index, U.S. business activity expanded in early June at the slowest pace in three months, and it was held back by a deep contraction at factories. The manufacturing gauge fell to a six-month low with new orders matching the fastest rate of contraction since May 2020. However, healthy demand for services stood in sharp contrast to the further deterioration at factories. Meanwhile, in Europe, economic momentum nearly came to a halt in June, according to S&P. A Euro area purchasing managers index slid to a five-month low, led by France and Germany struggling factories. So the question is, will the economy be able to withstand this global slowdown? This has almost been like a very slow motion type of slowdown, where in the past, a lot of economic contractions had a lot more momentum and acceleration to them, because this has been happening throughout the course of 12 to 18 months, this secular deceleration that's largely been going on in new orders, purchasing managers index. And it's not just a phenomenon that has been happening in the United States. It's a phenomenon that's been happening on a global scale. Now, here in the United States, things get a little bit tricky relative to stimulus efforts following the debt ceiling negotiations because the government can't continue to stimulate and or spend at the same level that it did from 2020 through the beginning and first half and maybe even almost the entirety of 2022. Globally, that's a little bit different because globally there can be more stimulus efforts that are actually rolled out, especially with the decline in CPI and inflation on a global scale. Now, Japan and China had slightly higher than expected uh, inflationary readings last week, which is a little bit of a concern, but the fact of the matter is you see new orders in the United States con continuing to decelerate. Backlogs are not at a extremely high level. Industrials do have a lot of late cycle pricing phenomenon. So, Industrials tend to move a little bit later than a lot of other early cyclical uh, companies and sectors of the underlying economy. So, you know, th this at this point, this looks like a slowdown, but not a total crash and or deceleration, because as you mentioned before, Larry, you're still looking at these readings in positive territory. But it, it, it's very much a slow motion leak out rather than an alt-right halting of economic activity. And the fact of the matter is the more likely acceleration comes internationally and probably in Asia than in the US because a lot of these 
um, accelerations in new orders and purchasing managers index are driven by stimulus efforts and government spending. And that's just kind of uh, on hold for the time being. Okay, guys, thanks. That was great. And um, if you'd like to see our uh, episode, you can write to us. If you want to ask us a question, you can write to us a question at 2Question Tuesday, and we'll be back next week.